Such a perfect specimen. It's a perfect night for mystery and horror. The air itself is filled with monsters. Perfect. 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 Hi, welcome to the Perfect Podcast. I am the supportive husband, Ken Kessler, along with the author, Lisa Kessler, also known as L.A. Kessler. Hi, Lisa. Hi. And if that's confusing to you at all, make sure you go back and listen to episode one, where we talk about why she's using the name L.A. Kessler for this thriller, for this series, actually. Since we've already covered that, Let's move on to something that you did touch on in the last episode, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Perfect is a story whose roots are at least 10 years old, probably more. Why did it take so long for it to get to this point where it's finally seeing the light of day? That is a great question. So when I started writing my first book, Nightwalker, I got this idea for perfect. And at that particular time, I was selling horror short stories. So, and when I, my first incarnation of Nightwalker was a horror novel and I got an agent for horror and they were very excited about perfect, but I hadn't finished it. And we had one editor, I was at a conference and I had pitched perfect and they were like, oh my gosh, you have to finish this book. But what ended up happening is my life took a huge right turn that I never saw coming and there was a divorce. And anyway, by the time all of that was done, the world had changed quite a bit. And so my agent paranormal romance was this new thing and my agent really wanted me to rework Nightwalker to make it more romancy and less horry, less killing and more kissing. So I rewrote Nightwalker to do that. I switched agents. I sold Nightwalker and then they wanted the rest of that series. And needless to say, I started down that path and perfect doesn't fit that. And there really wasn't a way my agent did have me finish perfect. And we tried really hard to mold it into something that could fit in romance, but it just doesn't, it has a romance subplot, but it just doesn't fit for romance. And I wanted it to be a trilogy and it wasn't going to work. So it got shelved and I kept writing my paranormal romances, but Every year, I always look at my schedule. I call it the calendar of wonderment. And every year I go, huh, maybe I could fit perfect in here because I did finish it, but I knew I needed to go through and do a big rewrite. And so last year, I really thought was going to be the year of perfect, but then my schedule got really wonky and there was no way. So I couldn't, I couldn't fit it in. But this year I made dedicated time for perfect for it to happen. And I talked to my indie editor because I'm going to put this out myself and she was game. So it's happening. So I'm so excited, but yes, it's been, it's been a long, for perfect, but mostly because my schedule got so full of writing paranormal romances and horror 
wasn't really my genre anymore. So it got shelved. What about the story from this novel, Perfect, as well as the the two other novels in the Genesis trilogy? What about that stuck with you to the degree that you couldn't let it go until we got to 2022 and you're ready to publish it? The concept was just really intriguing to me. It's never left. And when I wrote the first half of the book, my daughter read it. And it's her favorite thing that I've ever written. And every year she asks me if Perfect is going to come out. And (laughs) every year I go, no, I don't have time. So she was one of the first people that I told. And when I got the cover, I sent it to her and she called me immediately on the phone. Oh my gosh. So she's so excited. So if nothing else, (laughs) my daughter is thrilled. I'm excited. But the idea of having your life depend on being perfect. And by saying that, I mean, she could not have a pimple. She could not get a cold. She could not get a scratch. She could not get a bug bite. All of those things caused her other sisters, supposed sisters, to be terminated. So anyway, the idea was just so creepy that it's always stuck with me. So I'm so excited to get it out there in the world. Are there any significant changes from the way you originally wrote at least the first half of this book when you started out over 10 years ago and the way that we're going to see it in a couple of weeks other than mechanics and the fact that you're a, a much more seasoned and much more professional writer than you were back when you were starting out? Is there anything significant to the story, to the characters that has changed from the beginning to what we're going to see in a couple of weeks? Uh, yes, there were significant changes, especially at the ending of the book. I hadn't read the, what I wrote in years, so no one was more surprised by the twist than me. Um, <laughs> as I'm <laughs> editing and rewriting, I'm like, wait, what happened? <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I did not see those twists or remember putting them in there, but there was one character at the end that I needed to replace, but I still needed the story to go the direction that it did because of book two. So I did make some changes to the special agent at the end of the book. I also made a big change at the ceremony. So the perfect is, I mean, you get to see Juliet's birth. I last, last episode, I read some of that, but then we shift to Juliet at nine years old. And then we shift to Juliet She's about to turn 18 and she finds out that they are planning a ceremony for her for her 18th birthday because she is the first Genesis child to make it to 18 and be perfect. And they have made a beautiful glass case for her and they have made a plaque and she will never get old and she will never be imperfect because they are going to encase her in that. So she realizes, oh my God, (laughs) they're going to kill me. And that is the impetus for her having to escape. So significant changes to the ceremony as well when I went back through it. Now, the book starts in the 1990s. Uh, The the section Mm -hmm. that you read in the last episode 
takes place in the 1990s. But it sounds like if if that's her birth and she's 18, then just doing the math, the bulk of the story takes place recently, maybe three, four, five years right. ago. Yes. It, it, do the 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 I don't want to focus too much on the the second and third book in the trilogy, but do those follow suit and take place in the present, or are these their own stories that also start years ago? Yes, the next two take place in present day. The reason that Perfect starts at Juliet's birth is because she is the first Perfect Genesis baby. So that's why we get to see her story as she goes. Plus, it's a nice, well, (laughs) it's not nice, it's very creepy, but it is a good intro for the reader to step into this world because the Genesis Project works in, they call them pods, and they are houses in the suburbs of large cities because if they're cloning, they need to keep it secret, but they also need to be close to big tech. So the way they do it is in these pods. So these kids are in a house and in a neighborhood. So anyway, it was the rest will be in present day. We don't need to see. You'll you'll already know how all that goes because of perfect. Does the, this first book, does it stand alone or or is it a, a cliffhanger that you need to to get the next one and then the next one? I mean, no, nope, it, stand, anyway. it stands alone, although, yeah, <laughs> it stands alone, although when it gets to, because if you do the math, when she's 18, it's, I think, uh, 2008. So the epilogue takes you to 10 years later. So that takes you to 2018. And the epilogue has a little bit of a cliffhanger, but the story is complete. But hopefully, yes, you will want Flawed, and it will be up for pre-order very soon. uh, Flawed being book two in the Genesis trilogy. Yes. One thing I I will say about the end of this book, and I, I didn't think that it was really so much a cliffhanger as almost a... A, a Rod Serling sort of Twilight Zone twist. <laughs> and I, I don't yes. want to, I, I don't know, is, is saying that spoiling it? I don't think so, but but I'm not going to read that part because... Right, right. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to focus on that too much because I don't think it takes anything away from, it certainly doesn't take anything away from the story that there's this, this I, I don't even want to say any more about it because I don't want to... <laughs> Don't give it away, Ken. Yeah, I'm not going to give it away. I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay. So can you read a short sample from Perfect of something that you've recently changed that makes it at least somewhat different from the way it was 10 years ago, or at least the way you thought it was going to be? Yes. So I'm going to read a little scene from when Juliet actually discovers what they have planned for her for her 18th birthday. And this particular scene, I did a lot of massaging from what I had originally to amp up the creepiness and deepen the point of view. And it came out um, so much. mm, I felt a lot more creeped out than what I had originally. And I think you get the feeling, you get that desperation that she has to get out of that house and she has never been outside ever. So. So here we go. 
she has found the secret laboratory underneath the house at this point. Juliet flipped to the back of the journal. The final entry was from two days ago, and it seemed cryptic. Juliet's 18th birthday is next week. We will be the first to cross this milestone with a Genesis child. Our portion of the research will be complete. Utopia is within our grasp. Funding for the Genesis Foundation is gaining momentum. The ceremony will be a triumph. She read it one more time. His research would be complete. So why did her mother seem intent on holding her prisoner in this house? Juliet got up from the chair and quietly wandered around the empty lab, looking at the strange equipment and test tubes that lined her father's work tables. No sign of the vitamins that she and her sister took every day, not even a single pill bottle. Her entire life, they told her she was perfect because of the vitamin supplements, but there wasn't a single pill to be seen down here. Microscopes and specimen jars with unidentifiable substances inside were neatly lined up on the stainless steel tables and countertops. And over at the far end of the room was another door. It didn't have a security pad, but this lab was underground, so it couldn't lead outside. So where did it go? Maybe the vitamin inventory was stored inside. If not, at least she'd know it was all a lie. Juliet went to the gray metal door and turned the knob. The door creaked, but it wouldn't budge. She tried once more, tugging until her arms shook with tension, and still the door remained closed. Maybe it was for the best. If it suddenly burst open, she would probably have given herself a black eye or stubbed her toe, and it was obvious from her father's notes that she was expendable now. They had Julie 8 to replace her if she had to be destroyed. Her eyes welled with tears again. Although her parents were never outwardly loving like the ones she read about in books, they were the only adults she'd ever known, and she loved them. Knowing they could just destroy her like a lab rat not only terrified her, it hurt. But living like this, caged in this house, was growing her too, minute by minute, day by day. There was no hope of ever feeling sunshine on her skin or the warm hug of a friend. Her only hugs were from Julie 8. She didn't know how she would have survived until now without her younger sister. Caring for Julie 8 and helping her stay perfect had given Juliet a purpose and a reason to get up every day. She'd never had any friends, not that she'd know how to make any anyway. Even if she managed to get out of the house, she wouldn't know where to go or what to do. She had seen her mother use a cell phone and work on her laptop, but Juliet had never touched either one. The list of things she'd never experienced, riding a bike, sitting in a car, driving, going to a party. She sighed, cutting off the train of thought. The more she thought about all the things she was missing, the angrier she got. The rage simmered in her belly. So many secrets. She was sick of it. She tore off the rubber gloves and grabbed the door handle again. The paint on the door frame cracked as she tugged, but it didn't give, and neither did she. Grinding her teeth, she pulled and jerked until her arms ached with the effort. Suddenly, a loud pop broke the silence as the door flew open. Juliet fell backwards, landing hard on the cold concrete floor, too stunned and terrified to move. She had never fallen, ever. She couldn't breathe. All the air left her lungs, leaving her to suffocate. This was, this was pain. 
She wanted to scream, but she couldn't make a sound. She rolled onto her side and sucked in a breath, coughing it out. She slowly pushed up to her knees, her hands trembling as she brushed the hair out of her face. She looked around frantically, searching for any sign of blood or broken skin. Even without cuts and scrapes, she was almost certain to have a bruise or maybe a bump on the back of her head. Panic seeped into her bloodstream. She'd be eliminated. Wincing as dizziness threatened to topple her, Juliet stood up. The fresh paint fumes coming from the next room choked her, bringing back memories of her mother repainting the cradle after another imperfect baby had stopped breathing. She always repainted it before a new Julie came home. But this was no cradle. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> So we're just a couple of weeks away from when everybody can read Perfect. How do how do they get their hands on it? It's available everywhere for pre-order right now. Anywhere that you like to get eBooks at Kobo, Apple, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Google Play, and uh, it will be out in paperback later after release day on May second. And I can't wait for you to read it. Thank you so much for sharing more of this book with us. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you can catch the next couple of episodes before Perfect arrives in your Kindle or whatever e-device that you have, or if you're going to wait a little bit longer to get the paperback. But you want to catch all these episodes first. Lisa and I will be back in a week to talk about Stephen King which you don't hear mentioned by a lot of paranormal romance authors, but perfect is not a paranormal romance. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs> the perfect crime. It's not a perfect crime, but it's a good crime. Perfect. And it'd be perfect. 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 Everything's perfect. 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 And perfect. Perfect. Ah, bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. 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 perfect.